Hello everyone, welcome hello everyone, welcome to God's Internet Church Podcast episode number eleven. I am your host, Pastor Ron Weaver, and I count it an honor and privilege to be here to share with you the word of God, what God has put on my heart on a daily basis to share with you what the world needs. And what us Christians need to fight in this world. And that's why today we're going through that book of faith and courage in a changing times. The world, the word is for you today. And we're going to take, might take a couple days on this, I don't know. But the next set of uh, things are... When you feel anxious, that's what we're going to learn about the Bible study. When you feel anxious, there's four thoughts on that. Um, we might do two today and two tomorrow. Or on two Monday, I should say, not tomorrow. And go from there because we got other things to do. And we'll see how things in time goes. All right. And then also we're going to be looking at our prayer request about our the people that are commenting and need things done, prayed for and in our regular church group and some of the people I got in here is my family but they're part of the church group. And then we're going to share a story called Seeing Clearly in... God teaches us in a different way segment. And we'll see how all that goes today. So let's go in prayer to open this podcast up. And then we'll get started with our Bible study. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask you to be with us as we go on through this Bible study. We let everything go the way you want it to go. We ask you all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as I said, we're going to be starting a Bible study. It might be all today. It might be partly tomorrow. Or we might take it for the next four podcasts. Depending on the time, how God is leading to get things done for us. But if you got your Bibles, I want you to open them up to the book of Philippians. The book of Philippians. The book of Philippians. Chapter number 4, book of Philippians chapter 4, and we're going to look at verse 6. It says, Be careful for nothing, but in, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your request be moaned unto God. Again, be careful for nothing, for in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your request be known unto God. And the NIV version says that within the book, do not be anxious about anything. So that's what we're taking that careful to anything. Don't be anxious about anything. Because God, take it to prayer for our God. So we're going to talk about today on the subject... 
when we're feeling anxious. And we're going to start here in verse 1. I mean the first um, thought. And it says, Anxiety starts as a trickle that can create a channel in our minds through which all our thoughts being to flow. Most of our anxieties fall into three categories. One, the first category is anxiety about things we will face, like aging, disabilities, retirement, loneliness, financial unsincerity, accident, illness, losing a loved one, and death. The second one about our anxieties that we have is we think about anxieties about things we must do like making decisions, start and ending relationships, losing weight, changing careers and making mistakes. Okay. The third category is anxiety reflecting our inner state of mind. These anxieties reveal how we feel about our ability to handle things. For example, fear and rejection can affect relationships in our lives. In others, in order to avoid being hurt to shut others out, your words grown smaller and your opportunities for personal growth are more limited. Many of our anxieties can be reduced to one question. What if I can handle what if I can't handle limits. Many of our anxieties can be reduced to one question. So ask yourself, would I still be anxious if I knew the certain I could knew for certain I could handle anything that came up? The answer is no. Anxiety can immobilize you and steal your joy. When you know you can handle whatever happens, you say that sounds too simple. Not when you bring God into the picture. Alright? So, these three categories that basically what this is saying here, get into our minds. And it consumes our minds. And it takes us off the task of trying to live our lives because these anxieties can go so strong because we're worrying about our family maybe we got a house to move or and we got decisions to make and me and my wife are experiencing some of this now um the house is said to be sold where we live because it was my mother-in-law's and they've been flirting with the idea of trying to let her have the house and two of the lots and sell the other ones and decisions go back and forth back and forth and it's given me and my wife anxieties because what happens if we can't find a place in time if they go to sell it I mean at one point we were told it wasn't going to be sold until after winter now sometimes he's got more investors coming and, and let me tell you something saints if you let it go to your mind it will bring you to a point where you'll start getting mad. You'll start getting depressed. Marriages start arguing. 
finances of what happened to the kids or whatever for football or, or things they need and there's no money there. Kids start getting yelled at and people are frustrated so they family starts getting biting one another and and there's worry there. And sometimes these things can destroy a marriage. Alright? But all three categories are things that we do need to worry about in our human lives. But there's one thing that we got to do. There's two things we got to do. Okay? The first one is we can't do, we can't, we can do all things to Christ who strengthens me. And that is Proverbs chapter 6 verse 13. And basically what this means here, the things we can't do in ourselves, we can do through Christ Jesus. You might be saying, well, Pastor Ron, what do you mean? Well, if you can't find a way to bring the money to buy a house or get into an apartment, God can. God, but you got to do the job of enlisting God and start asking him for his help. We got to put our self-righteous attitudes behind us and willing to let God help us. In other words, we physically got to get off the throne of our lives and let God rule us and guide us. Now, we know when the children of Israel was leaving Egypt, they had a physical sign to follow. During the day, they followed the, a cloud. During the night, they, that cloud turned into a pillar of fire. And when that cloud was moved, the people of Israel would move. When that, clo when that f cloud of fire stayed, that's where the people rested. Now you might be saying, well, Pastor Ron, they, they, at least they had something to look at. We have a God we don't see. That's how you choose to look at it. You may not have a pillar or a cloud or a fire guiding you down a trail. But you do have what God has made in you and with people. You do have the trees. You do have <coughs> the things that God's made in this world to prove that he is here and he exists. And you also have the testimonies of the answered prayers that God has answered for you. Alright? I could go through. I bet if I could get into a room with you guys, I bet each one could at least have one time we could share how God saved you. And let me tell you something, saints. This is one time I'm going to share with you a time right now that... I thank God for because let me tell you on the way to work one night midnight it was in between winter and getting ready to you know go bye bye for spring to come but one night on the way it was a little colder I hit some black ice I was on the bridge I mean it wasn't a big bridge bridge like you think 
like the bridge to Canada or or stuff like that. But it was like a little overpass type bridge and went into a gully. There was no road down there. There wasn't even no bidocks or anything to keep it in. It's just it was built up. The road was high. And it was built on a hill type thing. And when I hit the black ice, lucky no cars were on the road. I lost control of the car. I started spinning. And I said, Lord Jesus, help me. And then I watched myself go over the bank and down the hill. And I was wondering at that time, is this car going to flip? Am I going to die? I got down to the middle of the hill. Of, uh, down the hill and down to the middle of the yard. Or the place where the grass was. And I sat there and I thanked God, praising God, that he had control of that car. Because I said, God help me. And he helped me. Unfortunately, I tried getting the car out and I couldn't get it out. But, so I got a ride. Unfortunately, one of my co-workers just pulled out to the same exit I did. And... Here I am, because we get this factory, we work for food accounts, and I had to wear a hairnet. Running up to the car with the hairnet on, because I put the hairnet on, so it would, uh, you know, be on, and I didn't have to worry about it. Well, I scared them, and I told them what happened. They let me into the car, I got to work on time, I caught them punched in, I caught my mom, my dad, and I let them know what happened. This is before cell phones. They were out, but not before everyone had them. I used the pay phone. I called mom and dad. They came. They took me where the car was. So I can show them. And my dad got it out. I went back to work. And I think they let me stay on the clock doing it. I went back to work. And... And... God blessed it. My dad got it out without getting the record. Without getting any help. Alright. Now. The second thought of that is. Which I kind of shared already. It says. The second thought. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything. By prayer and petition. With thanksgiving. Present your request to God. And the peace of God. Which transcends. All understanding will guard your heart and your mind. Proverbs six, Proverbs four six through seven. In other words, we need to cry out to God when we are anxious. All right, that's what you and me need to do. We need to cry out to God when we are anxious giving him control of the situation letting him worry about it the bible tells us to let us carry his yoke and he'll carry ours his yoke is easy and that's what we need to do is to sit back and trust him but uh, now do that means that we don't gotta try to do what god tells us to do when he tells us yes we do what it means is we got to trust him, but we got to still try to do what he's telling us to do. We got to learn to listen to him.
all right let's go to the second thought when you feel anxious here today it says we all face times when we must choose between faith and anxiety okay a woman trapped in an abusive relationship must choose between getting help or getting out or staying stuck all right what does that mean there's going to be things in our lives not just an abusive person there's going to be things in our life that we actually are going to have to decide if it's healthy for us to be in or not healthy for us to be in. And we got to decide what we do because us humans got a little thing about love. When we love somebody, we're blinded to what people are saying and doing. I have a cousin, and I'm not going to go in the names, and I'm not going to say it's a he, and I'm not going to say it's a she, but this cousin is with a person that is not good for that, for my cousin, because this person is manipulative, this person mind-gaining, this person I think would even get physical if he had to. And they, all they do is argue. And that person don't even hide that from me anymore like he used to. Alright? But this, my cousin is in an abusive, verbally abusive relationship. And personally, all of us around the situation think, hey, She's got to, that person's got to make the decision to move on or not. And how do we do that? We got to ask God to show us what to do in the beginning and in the end of all of our relationships. All right? A young person being pressured to do drugs can choose to give in or say no and walk away. In other words, our teens or young people are pressured every day to take drugs or not take drugs, to have premarital sex or not to have premarital sex, to go on the internet and make porn, to not go on the internet to make porn, to go on the internet to watch porn, not to go on the internet to watch porn. You get what I'm saying here? We got to decide how God wants us to deal with those situations. Alright? We got to let God help us with that. Young people, you need to get into prayer and you need to get into the Bible. And let God guide you out of those situations. A person, person anxious about death can read God's word. Talk to a friend 
or counselor or continue to be anxious. So, what is we learning here? It's the same thing. We can either stay in the situation we are and be anxious, or we can go to God and let Him take us through it. Alright? That's basically the things that God is telling us today. Proverbs 28.1 There's where we're getting those verses from. On these thoughts that we did. Okay? So what have we learned here so far today about being anxious? We learned that there's a lot of things that makes us anxious. We learn that being anxious can make us or break us. And we learn that if we give it to God in prayer, He can make things better and bring us through. Because what the devil brings to you or the world brings to you is for evil, as we learned the other day, He brings to you for good. We'll share the next two thoughts Monday when you're feeling anxious, chapter thought number three and thought number four. Because right now, we're going to go into our next segment, which is our prayer request segment. And I just want to run through them real quick for you. My my dad, was his name is James, he's got an aneurysm on his heart. My mom... Uh, there was concern that she might have had a heart attack. It turned out she didn't. But they they don't want to do a stress test on her. Her heart doctor don't. Her regular doctor does, but her heart doctor don't. He wants to try a medication to see if it will straighten out what's going on. And if it does, they won't worry about the test. If it, does, it doesn't, they might have to. That's what we need to pray about for her. Her name is Laura Lee. And then... My friend Dan, who's a brother to me, like from another mother, he's like my real brother. Um, I haven't heard anything about um, his situation, about his dizziness he was having with his high blood pressure going high and going low. And um, they were supposed to have a brain scan on him last Thursday, a week ago today. I was up planning on going there tonight, but it got canceled because, well, I mean, I might still be able to go with him, but I don't know if we'll do it without the other brother with us, uh, because Sean, his problem came up, which I deal with him, he's he's another one of our friends, like a brother to us, and we's brothers from another mother, we do think of him as brothers, um, can't make it tonight, so things of pie got canceled. Then my cousin Margaret, she's having a hard time dealing with her mother's loss. And then we got a friend in the neighborhood we live. His name is Lloyd. He's in stage five, can't stage five cancer. His immune system's gone, but he's been telling us that actually he's been feeling pretty good. So we're hoping that everything works out there. Going to Sean, like I was talking about, he has an unspoken. But we're also. We've got to pray for his family. Don't get the coronavirus. Because they were exposed to it. By his dad. Then we're going to pray for my brother-in-law Paul. How to deal with the estate. And be fair about it. 
Then we're going to pray for another friend of mine. He's like a brother to us uh, from another mother. His name is Paul, too. He's from Georgia. Um, his back has been hurting. And then me and my wife, an unspoken, how to help us deal with her brother with, during this time of trying to figure out what we're doing and keeping us where we're not anxious. And then my cousin Heather, she has um, breast cancer, so we're going to pray for her. And then for my brother Sean, brother from another mother, his dad has coronavirus. The only thing he has so far, though, is the coughing uncontrollably. He's, um, they do determine that... <laughs> He's got it, but he's holding his own so far, but he's got really bad heart conditions, and so he's a candidate for things to take him. So we got to pray that that don't happen. Then we got to pray that his mom don't catch it either. <coughs> Excuse me for my, um, my allergies are acting up. So we're going to pray. And we'll go on to our go on with the podcast. But let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, that you're Jehovah Jireh, the Lord that provided. You're, we thank you, Lord, that you're the Lord that healeth us. We thank you, Lord, that you're the great physician. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you are the great I am. You're the great architect. And Lord, I ask you right now to stick your hands down into my dad's body right now in the name of Jesus. Go inside and be that builder and fix this aneurysm on his aorta where it won't grow anymore <coughs> or it'll just, just appear. I ask you to be with my mom, Lord, in this heart test, in this heart situation. I ask you to let the money, let the medicine work like it's supposed to. And touch and heal her, Lord. And go into her body and touch what needs to be fixed there. I ask you, Lord, to let this brain scan turn out to be good. Where everything that he's okay, Lord. And Lord, I ask you to be with my cousin Margaret, Lord. And the loss of her mother. And she's still grieving over her dad. We just ask you to help her with her grieving, Lord Jesus. And bring her through. And Lord, we ask you to be with our friend Lloyd. Who is in stage 5 cancer Lord but he said he's doing better so we just ask that you come and take care of usually when you're in stage 5 you know you don't live but he seems to be getting a little better and we ask you to be with my friend my brother Sean we ask you to up, be with his unspokens and keep his family safe from the coronavirus Lord and Lord we ask you to be with Ruthie's brother Paul and my wife's brother Paul, Lord. And we just ask you to help him make the decisions that's best for all of us, not just for him. Lord, we just ask you to move by your spirit to have done what you want, not what he wants. And Lord, we ask you to be with my friend Paul out in Georgia. He's like a brother to me, Lord. You know that. I ask you to touch us back and heal him, Lord. And Lord, I ask you to be with me and Ruth as we're dealing with her brother. Help us get through it and help us put our points and let Paul be receptive and listening that we can do this together and he's just not making these decisions on his own I ask you Lord to be with my cousin Heather Lord she's got breast cancer right now Lord I just ask you to be with her procedure coming up soon I just ask you to touch and heal her 
And Lord, I ask you be with um, my my brother Sean's father. His name is Sam Messer. I ask you right now to go inside that body and clean him out from coronavirus, Lord Jesus, and heal him. And Lord, I ask you just to be with the family just in case the Ebro happens, Lord. And I ask you be with Robin, Lord. And I just ask you to keep her safe and not let her catch coronavirus. But Lord, have your will with Sam, Lord. And we want him to stay around, Lord. But we just ask you to be the God who you are and you make the decision, Lord. And Lord, we do want him to stay around. So touch and heal him from the coronavirus. But if you don't, Lord, we understand. We ask you all this in Jesus' name. Amen. I just want to explain why I prayed over his as an unspoken. I mean, as a God's will, because everything that's going on in his life, you know, now we're coronas and it's a hard road back so we got to make sure that it's what God wants and if it's what God wants he'll have the ability to do but if you know give him the strength because it's a hard road to come back and he is an elderly man from the coronavirus but God can bring him back but that's why we're praying God's will there and uh, not that I don't want him to die I don't but it might be God's time. God might be one trying to take him for his time. For his time to go too. So we got to just basically let God be God in this situation. But pray for him regardless. You have the list. Or I would suggest that after you listen to it. Write these names down. Pray for us. For them on a daily basis. And I'll let you know as we go. We take the names off the list. It's our desire for Sam to be healed. But we just, I've been asked by the family to pray as a God's will. So that's why I prayed the way. I just wanted to experience, not trying to say I didn't, don't care. I do care because I think of him kind of a father figure and uh, it hurts me to see him this way. All right. We're going to share a story. I'm going to go going over maybe about f five, six minutes, but we're going to um, share a story on God teaches us in a different way. And the thing is called seeing clearly. And basically what I do is read the story and recap what God leads me to tell you, okay? So... It's a scene clearly, a true story by Yangwoo Keys. My husband Keith and I have been sheltering at home over a month into the pandemic. After dinner, we settled down, once on the one on the couch to watch Jeopardy. I turned my head to the right towards the television. Strangely, the screen was out of focus. I blinked hard, closed my eyes tightly, slowly opened them. Everything on that side of the living room was 
doubled. My eyes must just be tired because I was <coughs> nearsighted and can't see well without my contacts. Our glasses, when reading, are inside my home. I have been wearing my contacts, haven't been wearing my contacts for days. Tomorrow I'll be more consistent. I'll readjust my body to face the TV. More direct, but still struggle to see the images and words, which are clearly. The next day I put my contacts on and wore them all day, but everything brought the same difficulty in focusing, relocating to a chair on the left side of the room, helping and moving closer to the screen brought noticeable improvement. The next afternoon I was talking to my sister-in-law on my cell phone as I took my daily walk to the park. Looking up, I was startled to see everything around me in two folds. The trees, the shrubs, the path, and car moving on side streets. I interrupted the conversation to tell her about what I was experiencing. Her voice respected, reflected her concern. You call your doctor or go to the emergency room, she said. That's not normal. That could be really serious. She spoke from the experience as she had lost the vision of her right eye from a stroke in the, op in the optic nerves less than a year ago. I promised I would call the doctor's office as soon as I got home. By the time I reached my house, I was dizzy, struggling with a headache. After telling Keith of my condition, my heart pounded as I dialed my doctor's number. The receptionist referred me to a triage specialist who asked several questions and scheduled a vital appointment with my doctor. The next morning at 7.30 a.m., she concluded firmly, but if it gets worse, go to the emergency room. After she hung up, I evaluated my vision inside my home. I could see clearly a short distance straight in front of me. Our reading was not a problem. But it looked to right or gaze up out the window, everything doubled. Sitting down at my computer, I researched double vision. I learned several serious conditions, like stroke, tumors, lesions, and some chronic diseases could cause it. I inhaled deeply and blowed my head. Bowed my head, Lord, I ask you for your, your peace and your healing. Give me your perspective on this situation. I have became, become my habit to prayer for a word from the Lord for the coming year on January 1st when, and then to journal about what I learned. My word for 2020 was perspective. I re recorded scripture and quote that spoke spoke to me about viewing life through his eyes. Just at that morning, I written, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for what he has done. Philippians 4, 6. And a quote from James Hudson Taylor, 1832-1905. All our difficulties are only platforms for the manifestant of grace, power, and love. Nothing befalls me that escapes his attention, and that includes this double vision. Prayfully, I cast my concerns on the Lord and slept peaceably through the night.
my doctor was quite quiet through in her, in her virtual exam. The following morning, she wanted an MRI schedule as soon as possible. Referring to me to the ophthalmologist, I booked an appointment with the ophthalmologist for that afternoon, but it would be three weeks before the MRI could be done. As my husband drove me to the appointment with the ophthalmologist, I found keeping my one eye closed helped. Viewing double images of the road, cars, and scenery flashing by made me woozy. After a multitude of tests and questions, the doctors determined a small muscle in my right eye was not functioning. She, too, was concerned about getting an MRI, MRI as soon as possible. Failing to reach my primary care doctor by phone, she promised to be in contact with the other offices first thing. Monday morning to go get the MRI schedule sooner. The double vision progressed some over the weekend, but gratefully my close vision was still clear. I was challenged by Psalm 66 sin. You have tested us, O God. You have purified us like silver. Remembering that Jesus, that Jesus said that trials come to test our faith, I humbly asked the Lord for acceptance, I called my family and requested prayer, reaching out also to my friends and online. Prayers were awesome late Monday. Prayers were answered late Monday. The nurse for my primary care position called to say that the MRI had been moved to that Friday afternoon. Every day I still went out for my walk. If I kept my one eye and focused on the immediate area in front of me. I didn't get as dizzy, but as only one eye open, I had no depth of perception. Trails with rocks or roots proved too difficult, so I stuck to the pavement and smooth gravel trails. Finally, Friday arrived. The MRI took over an hour inside a clinging machine. My doctor called me in early evening to give me the results. It showed no abnormalities, ruling out the possibility of a stroke tumor. The other serious condition, God had answered prayer again, but the double vision continued the following week. I rode with my husband to my follow-up appointment with the ophthalmologist, wondering when or if I would be able to drive again. Remembering my commitment to place it all in God's hand, I choose to be grateful for having someone to help me. My exam showed the condition remains, but the same this could be caused by a virus attacking the nerve. There is no treatment we know of, and it could last two or three months before going away. My doctor said, as he scheduled another appointment in four weeks, her conclusion proved true. By the end of the month, the double vision faded away and it was not has not returned like the lens the doctor had flipped seeking the clear image this trial proved to be a filter to help me see everything everyday gifts with sharper acute thankfulness washes over me for sights of breath 
and abilities to walk and bend, to sing and to pray, hug and touch, a a reminder to daily be content with all that comes from the Master's hand. So here we have, God is good. Actually, it got skipped in stories. Because I've been following and they've been going up to that. And somehow this one got missed. But we did that because it's talking about exactly what we're talking about. Anxiety. This woman had a problem with her her eyes. And this woman had a problem and it scared her. She didn't know she was having a stroke or heart attack or her eyes were going crazy or what was going on. It scared her doctors and it was pandemic time and things were hard to schedule. And then, then things worked. She took it to God. God took care of it. Got her in. And it came to find out it was just a little infection attacking that muscle. And there was no medicine, nothing can do, but it went away on its own. Because of God and her taking it to God and God directing the doctor's paths and the MRI staff paths and her path and helping encouraging her through this time and her friends and everyone praying for her, she found out that we don't have to be anxious about it. But it makes us more. appreciative of what we have when things get temporarily taken away from us hallelujah god is good well we came now to an end of our podcast for today Um, next week we're going to continue with the last two studies on on uh, anxiety the last two thoughts and uh because we went over today um but that's okay. But on that note, I'd like to say God bless you. Take care of one another. Have a good weekend. And bless you. And let everything go the way God wants it to go. Again, pray for all those prayers that we have. And again, I want to explain why I pray God's will. Because when it comes to coronas, you know, there's a reason why He's of age and up there and the family's wanting me to pray um, God's will. So that's what we're praying. And God can heal him of that. I've seen God heal people of that. We just got to uh, trust God. So I'd like you to pray for these people. If you have any prayer requests, go to God's Internet Church group on Facebook hit the join button and I'll hit you to join but you can you can um, leave posts there for prayer requests and we will pray for you for them. Alright? On that note I'd like to say God bless you and see you next time on God's Internet Church Podcast number 12. And have a good day. Take care of one another. Love one another. I'm your host Pastor Ron Weaver saying see you Monday and God bless you.